I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. I'm very excited about this because we have with us one of Texas' very best, which is Miss Candace Payne. And if you have not heard of Miss Candace Payne, you might have seen Miss Candace Payne or Mrs. Candace Payne on Facebook, where she broke Facebook one day by putting on a Chewbacca mask. How many of you saw this video? Wave if you saw it. If you have not seen this video, get online now, today, and watch this video. I was at a place, you guys, we had one of the hardest weeks of our lives that week. There was more stress than I'd had in years, and just relational stuff, financial stuff, and I just turned it on. It was just came up my feed. I don't know how it came up my feed. It came up my feed the way Facebook does, and I scream laughed, and then I cried. <laughs> then I took it to my wife, and I said, this is my spirit animal, this woman right here. I need to know her somehow. I didn't know it would ever become a reality. I said, I need to know her. And we watched it again and I scream laughed and then I cried. So obviously it was therapy for my soul. And so every once in a while when I just need to laugh really hard, I watched the Chewbacca mom video. But Candace came out to LA not too long ago. We got to know each other and she just wrote a book called Defiant Joy. And she also wrote, she has another book. Oh my gosh, my brain just went away and I know what they both are. What is it? Laugh it up. Yes. And Candace has, she basically has some messages. You're going to hear a little bit about it, about restoring joy to the body of Christ and re- restoring joy to our process. And it's such an awesome thing that, that uh, when, I'm sorry, I just started to think about in, uh, when we first met. And it was funny because I started thinking, this woman's going to blow up. She needs like a lawyer. She needs an entertainment lawyer. She needs people in her life. So I reached out to you over like Twitter or something and you responded. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm reaching out to this woman. There's no way she's ever going to talk to me. And then she responded back and she's like, I know who you are. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm praying for you. You're a Christian? Really? This is awesome. So that's how we became friends. I just remembered this. Sorry, I interrupted my own story to say that. And so I think it's really awesome when you have people who God does unusual stories with and how he brings them out. Because she has 20 years of history in comedy and in in theater, performing arts, that manifested through an organic moment that took her past where her normal dreams could have taken her. And it set a foundation that's differently than she would have set for herself. And so we're doing an Exploring the Prophetic podcast, which is a podcast that is dear to my heart. We do it twice a week. And they're usually about 20 to 30 minutes long. We're doing one of them right now. And you guys are part of the live experience, the live audience. And then this will air again for free on the Exploring the Prophetic podcast. But Candace, come on up here. You got to go that way. Do you like being called Chewbacca mom? Yeah. (laughs) I don't despise it. Yes. Yes. I I wanted to have us wear the mask, but you've done that so many times. Oh my gosh. On so many interviews, I thought you might, you might kill me if I tried to have a contrived moment there. No, no, it's fine. (laughs) People ask me all the time if I have it with me and I'm like, no, it's, it's bulky. It makes noise in an overhead like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> like you get a little bit of turbulence and you just start hearing the growl and I'm like, that's me. Sorry. Well, 
Sorry. You guys, seriously, you have to watch the video, but they even made an action figure. I mean, Star Wars made, yeah. Hasbro made an action figure, yeah. the Chewbacca mom yeah. action figure. They basically took the existing Chewbacca and did a 3D sculpture of my face, <laughs> and, which is really weird because I have a man hairy body. And then, like, they made a button on the back of it that says 14 phrases from the video. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so when you push a button, it just laughs. Or it says stuff like, I kind of want to drive around like this. Oh, no. So, I mean, it's really, it's weird. It's bizarre. <laughs> but weird. I'm an acceptor of weird. I can't believe so. I don't have one of these. I have to get well, one of these. Well, it's not for sale. That never oh, made it to I the shelf. Was, okay. They gave it to me as just because they like me, I guess. They do and like And maybe you. I sold them some masks. Oh, so. my gosh. She sold a lot of, she broke Toys R Us with a mask. I mean, you, you broke um, toy stores. Like, they couldn't, they outsold them, like, for that Christmas. It was, like, the, the, the big thing. You know what's funny is I don't think I've ever talked about this with anybody. So, this is, like, exclusive because yes. nobody asks about this. But when I went to Hasbro as a guest to their headquarters, I walk in, and it, they have my pay, like my picture on every single TV in the entire headquarters. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> and... Then they start telling me about how they found the video. They said that Pie Face was their international best-selling game because they do board games and they do toys for Hasbro. And they said one weekend we start seeing Pie Face go down to number two and this Chewbacca mask that we'd had oh on the market gosh. for like five years. And they're like, what in the world? We just clearanced this sucker out everywhere. Why is it back on sale? And why is it? Did you buy it like at a Marshalls or something? I bought it at Kohl's. Okay, Kohl's. And I've yet to tell anybody, and I won't still, the actual sticker price because it was clearanced like so low (laughs) that I felt like it was God's provision and manna. (laughs) Like you don't need to pray and fast about something with that price tag. You just go, thank you, God. So. I did. I did. And I took it up and the lady at the counter was so cute. She was like, this is the wrong price. I'm sorry. Kids have been playing back there. And I was like, "Mm, I might not get it. And she goes, oh, whatever. I'll give it to you. So I was like, what? Then thank you. Doubly Jesus. So I took it and I played with it in my car, made the video. But Hasbro was telling me that that took the international best-selling spot within one day. And not only that, if you tried to find it on Amazon.com, it jumped from being like 14 bucks to over 850 within oh nine hours. Gosh. Did you list yours? No, I'm just kidding. I was like, I have nine of them in my house now, thanks oh to Kohl's. But, um, Did Hasbro give you stock? No. But they gave me an action figure, so it's awesome. No, no, here's what I love. With I my mean, hairy body. We'll talk about, oh my gosh. <laughs> we'll talk about like the story and second, but just think about like a, this toy company. And toy right. companies are actually really suffering right now. And they went from a toy that was irrelevant to them now, they're, they're selling it out, clearancing it out, yeah. to become something that sustained them through a really hard toy economy because a mom puts it on the car and says she won't give it to her kids and begins to laugh. Like that's the power of social media and the power of God moments that can happen. Yeah. Because even though that's, a, that's not the story we're gonna tell, yeah. that's a byproduct that everybody's blessed when we're blessed, everybody. Yeah. It's just all I've the way around. I've actually done toy fairs with them now and been a special guest oh, wow. at their HasCon, their family conference, and I'll meet fans and, and friends and I'll do like book signings there. But the coolest thing that I always see is when I get to hear their staff talk about me to media that's there. Because you get to kind of hear, do they really like me? And 
And one of the guys that's one of the main developers that designed the mask, I overheard him and I was going to like go up and be like, you know, but I stopped to listen because he was talking to a reporter and he said, for the first time we saw somebody get it. They get what we do and they got it to the point where they enjoyed it to a level that we didn't even know when we were creating it. That's amazing. Isn't that the cool? Well, it just shows you that, and I don't want to be preachy, but when you really look at, (laughs) you know, like you're not preachy, don't worry. Um, (laughs) All you prophets in the room, I already feel it. (sighs) Um, (laughs) Out of love. I said that out of lots of love. Um, but, but, you know, when you think about something that you're given, you, you don't think it has much potential, but really this beautiful thing happens when you enjoy it at a level that's beyond even what it was created for. That's I know, amazing. right? That, that, that was that's good. Preach. <laughs> so kind of walk us through a little bit of the story because you're, here you are. Like, tell us before Chewbacca Mom, what were you guys doing? What were you working on? You kind of told me your story. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know what I can and can't tell, but I mean, you even were like going after comedy and Saturday Night Live and some things like that yeah. in your background. Yeah. And when you got your call back for Saturday Night Live, you didn't go because you knew it would be disobedience to God to go. Yeah. That's when I was a punk kid. So I was doing stand-up comedy in college to pay for school. I had gotten a scholarship, but I needed some other money. And I didn't do really good with work study because I didn't show up. (laughs) So I thought, what am I good at? And it was making people laugh. So I found a local comedy club and I did stand-up, but I found that my stand-up was very self-deprecating. And I would use the F word a lot. I'm just confessing that. It feels really good right now to confess that. (laughs) And... And I also would make fun of my religious wounds. And so because of that, uh, God got a hold of me at this little thing that started in 1997 called the Passion Conference. Oh, yeah. And um, it was like the first one that they did, and it was in Austin, and I was wrangled in by my mom that paid for it. And so I went, and the very first lyrics out of Point of Grace's mouth were, God forbid that I find you so familiar that I think of you as less than who you are. And I just started thinking, this is it. I'm at a Baptist university. I'm doing all these things that are very religious in nature. And I'm all the while very wounded. And so therefore I take it out in my comedy and I really insult you the whole time. And I insult myself and, and God just said, stop it, stop it. So, um, I completely left the comic scene and I started interning in a church in their youth group and was probably inappropriate with teenagers for like two years and nobody told me, um, (laughs) You know, I was trying to say cool phrases that weren't cool phrases. Like, I'm like leading worship and I'm like, let's get our swerve on. And that meant like sex and I didn't know it. And I'm like, I was like, I'm really just trying to say, let's engage with God. Um, But y'all hip kids have these words and I'm using them. And so I just left that whole culture thinking that that was a disobedient season, so therefore God wasn't going to honor those dreams. Wow. That, I think that's so common too, right? I mean, yeah. you're running into people all the time, yeah. especially because you're empowering people to go after their dreams. Oh, yeah. And they, they feel like they've died to the God identity inside of them because oh, yeah. they died to the false use of that identity. And so well, that's, that's amazing. When you have something attached to misuse of your actual gift, 
what you find is that you feel as though I can't use it appropriately, so I won't use it at all. And I found myself thinking that was the funnest time I had, but I can't use it. I can't use it ever. As a matter of fact, my punishment is doing things that aren't fun now. So, um, and not that marriage isn't fun, man. Chris is on the front row. (laughs) The first three years weren't, and you can't lie. Um, They weren't, I'm being honest. Um, (laughs) We needed to grow up. But I did find that now God had taken me from stages and had really put me in this anonymous place, held up in my house, being a housewife and a stay-at-home mom. And I felt like everything that I was really meant to do was never going to happen. And in 2014, I had a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I mean like one that I didn't ask for. (sighs) Have you ever had one of those? I just want to hear it. Like, yes, I have. I want to hear it. I was on a worship team and they were talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I was like... Mm, is that in the Bible? Um, <laughs> it's so funny that y'all laugh because I was the, for real going, I don't know if that's in the Bible. That's weird. Um, and then I'm on the worship team to lead the altar time afterwards. And I'm thinking, oh, this is a hotbed of mess right now because I am, I don't know if I agree with the teaching I've heard for the past hour. I'm struggling theologically here. And I'm just pretty closed off, right? So we get up there and now we've got to sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh my. And I didn't trust the environment that I was in. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, if we sing this song, I don't know if people are going to have like ribbons and... (sighs) tambourines and stuff. It scares me. It scares me. At least I'm on stage and I'll have a great vantage point. Like that was the one thought that was working for me. And in the middle of singing those lyrics, the Holy Spirit just brought conviction. And it's like he whispered to me, Candace, you're singing lyrics about a room and an atmosphere in a building, but I'm telling you that those lyrics need to apply to your home of your heart. You are not a welcoming place for my atmosphere to change your heart. And all of a sudden, I thought, I'm being a jerk to the Holy Spirit. How did I get here? It's so funny hearing y'all laugh because I was really serious. I was like, I'm, I'm like such a jerk to the Holy Spirit. And what's, what's bad about that thought is like, I really love God. And I'm sitting here going, God, I really love you. I am so sorry. I don't ever want to be like that with you. I'm a jerk. And so I started just saying, no more, no more. I'm, I'm just going to be open to whatever you want to do. You know, have your way. Be, I'm an open vessel and I've never told this story publicly, and I know it's going to be on a podcast, so I'm scared to death right now. Maybe it's a new release of crazy. Here we go. So, um, So I open my eyes because in my mind, I'm praying all of those things. I'm sorry. I turn. I yield. I give. And I open my mouth, and I'm saying words that aren't English. 
Yeah, y'all clap. That's a great room where you clap. That's amazing. Can I just go ahead and tell you 90% of the population doesn't have that response when I say that? Y'all are great. Y'all are fun people. Um, and so you want to know what I did? It wasn't really holy after that. Yes, tell us. So I've got inner ear monitors on for my worship team. And thank God I wasn't leading that song. Like I was only doing background vocals, you know. I immediately take out my inner monitors and take off my mic pack and I go whisper into the worship leader's ear something that I cannot repeat on a stage where we're talking about God. Um, I basically just said, I just said some crazy bleep. <laughs> yes. Y'all just thought I was holy. And then I said, I'm going home. I dropped my microphone, put everything on the floor, and I left. I left. I got in the car, and I thought, that felt so weird. As a matter of fact, it was the same feeling I remember as a six-year-old when I asked Jesus in my heart. Wow. So you had the identifier, the indicator. I actually know that I only felt that one time as a six-year-old. The second time was that moment. And so when I got in my car, I thought, I want to feel that again. I want to test and see if this is real. So I just started speaking some gibberish. And I felt like the Holy Spirit went, yeah, how'd that work for you? (laughs) I say that because there was a moment when I realized, okay, back up. I'm driving home out of confusion And what you've just shown me is that this is 100% you and I can't fake it. So if that's the case, you started with a yielded heart. I'm going to always give you a yielded heart. Um, That was my radical experience. I told God the next morning, I'm going to give you one full year to, to pray in tongues. I've had crazier years in my life. Let's try it out. And within three months, the best equation that I can give you is I felt as though the muzzle was taken off the mouth of God. Wow. The connection between that, a lot of times we don't talk about that, but you know, the Holy Spirit, when you speak in tongues, for those of you who don't, all it is is a surrender to pray in words that you can't express with human language or you know, with, with human expression. It's spiritual language, spiritual expression, when I don't know how to pray or when I'm using too many words, I try and go into the spirit, my spiritual prayer language, because then there's that place of connection you can't get to any other way. So, and then, and then God drops in his thoughts and his, he interprets things to us and things happen. Okay, that's teaching aside. What happened next? Whoops, wow. so for you and Chris even, like what happened? Well, actually that night when I got home, It was one of those weird Wednesday nights where my kids and my husband were home. And so I was just by myself serving at church. And I walk into our bedroom and he's on his laptop on the bed and he looks up and he goes, how was church? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've got a lot, right? And instead I just went, oh, it was fine. And he said, okay, closed his laptop. And he goes, you spoke in tongues tonight, didn't you? Wow. Like a word of knowledge. I said, shut your mouth. <laughs> um, we, we got married on December 21st. And so every 1221, we pray for each other. 
And he said that at 1221 that afternoon on his lunch break, God had just told him to be prepared for whatever I was going to come home with that oh, wow. night. And so, That's amazing. Yeah. So kind of walk us forward because from the time you really had this experience till now, there's been a lot of, I don't know what the right language is, like release in your life, a new formation in your life. Yeah. Obviously, this video is kind of a before and after moment. Yeah. But there's a lot, it, it actually re, re uh, brought up, not recycled, but re brought up all, all the dreamer again inside <laughs> of you. So I'll, I'll go through it very quick. I can summarize. I'm good. I'm wordy, but I can summarize. Okay. So 2014, this happened November 7th of 2014. 2014, God began to speak to me in ways where I didn't have to get on Instagram and look for a meme or a Bible verse to confirm his word. Like I was just hearing it. And, you know, when that's a great, that's a great commentary right there. Listen, I grew up thinking if I hear it from nine other people, that must be God. But there was this new, um, there's a new provision that happened from speaking in tongues. And listen, y'all, I am not one that ever asked for it. As a matter of fact, I said, please don't. Please don't make me weird. I don't want that. And God said, you need this as a tool. It edifies you. It is for edification of the believer. And so maybe the hype in this room has me oversharing, but I don't care. So (laughs) y'all are so fun. So what ended up happening is now I've got this communication with God that's not muzzled. And so now I'm hearing his heart more effectively. And so I'm like, okay, God, New Year's rolls around. What do you want me to do with this year? Not what do I want to make a goal of doing, but what do you want to do? Because now I can hear you. And so he led me through, through some incredible years leading up to 2016 when the video came out. So 2014, he told me it was going to be a year of redemption. Everywhere that I had used for my personal gain or my ambition, he was going to redeem it. So I did a couple of stand-up nights at the improv without self-deprecation, without a cuss word. And um, it sucked. (laughs) Not nearly as funny. (laughs) Didn't kill the room. Oh, gosh. Jeepers. Um, And I had a lot of hecklers. And I was like, oh, you're going to make this hard. Um, I also was songwriting like crazy. I had thought that I was supposed to be the next whatever Christian artist name it was because I can sing. And so therefore I was very selfish in my pursuits of trying to become an artist. And so God said, I want you to, to do all the songs I'm giving you, which were 12 new songs within three months. I want you to play them in somebody's house, record that and put it on iTunes. So I did a house concert CD out of just faith and made about 200 bucks. It was great. And, and then I took it down when I became famous because I was like, creepy people are going to find me. Um, just being honest, you think about all those choices and you're like, never again. And, um, and then he redeemed some other areas in our marriage. He, he just started redeeming passion. Like he said to me some things that, that are just solid. Like he just told me, you'll never be in this place again. You'll never be passionless, not just about your husband, but, but about me. You're never going to be void of passion. Like I, I've already stoked it and I can't put it out if I tried. So I was excited about the year of redemption. I was like, yes. So that was 2014 or 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2015 comes around and he tells me I'm going to have an Esther year. 
And he said, what you're going to do is the first six months, you're going to go through treatments that actually get out all of your impurities. You're going to remove your idols. You're going to remove all these things that have just been really hindering you from doing any good for me. Like you love them way too much more than you love me. So let's take that junk out. And then the next six months, I'm going to, did I say sex accidentally? You sure did. Maybe that was a word for some of y'all. Maybe you're like. The sex six months, okay. Sex six months. Claiming it. All the married people said, amen. Yes. Single people, hold on. All right. So the next six months, after all those impurities have been gutted out, what I'm going to do in you is I'm going to make you beautiful to this world in a way you've never been beautiful. And not only that, but I'm going to put you at tables you don't belong at. I'm going to give you queenly authority when you walk in a room. And... I'm going to make you so common. Do you know that the book of Esther was the only book that they could have on a scroll in their common home because it doesn't say the word God in it at all. So they had for the Purim celebration, a scroll of Esther. It was the only word of God they could sit around as a family and read was the account of Esther. And God said, I'm going to put you in a place that's going to make you commonplace amongst everyone. I knew this going into 2015, that year ends, and I, listen, I do my New Year's on my birthday. So my birthday's May 13th. She's reminding you right now, just, just in case you want to send birthday cards. Well, there's, there's, there's reason in this. So May 13th comes around, I finish my Esther year, and now I'm waiting. I'm like, all right, God, where's this big making me beautiful to the world? I've been faithful. And I have a viral video within the very same week on May 19th. Oh, wow. Wow. So I, I saw the hand of God give me personally a prophetic word to download that actually became reality in a very accelerated time, a very short time. And just to walk you through, it's really interesting because you were on like all the late night shows and the next two weeks after that. And then you were, you went to Facebook because you broke Facebook. So they wanted to talk to you and feature you because they just released Facebook live not too long before. And they had never had a viral video, like a YouTube viral sensation video. It was their first time. Yeah. The video that was viral before mine had 10 million views and it was a Buzzfeed video of them trying to put rubber bands on top of a watermelon to see how many it would take before it would explode. <laughs> My video is in really classy company. And um, actually... How many views did it get? Well, when I posted it at 2.30 that afternoon, by the time I went to bed, I had one million views. Wow. Right. I don't know one million people. So privacy settings are real. Check them out. Um, and when I woke up the next morning, quite literally while I was sleeping... It went not just viral, but super viral. It had reached 24 million views by the time I woke up at 6.30 the next morning. It had broken and doubled and surpassed their, their wow. record holder. 
See, other people laugh like I did. I watched it. I was, I was 100 of those views, probably. <laughs> well, I'm in the 2017 Guinness World Book of Records for the largest oh amount of view counts within 48 hours. My, my favorite. I mean, I worked really hard for that. I know. She worked really hard. No, you did. You did all the pre-work. That's the thing is that my favorite part of this is that no one would pick that to be the way that you're the Esther scroll. No one would pick, I mean, you wouldn't have picked that, but it was an introduction to a part of you that the world got to have access to because you had books in you and you had curriculum in you and you had this beautiful thing that God had developed in you and he wanted to introduce the world, not just the church world, but the world to you in a way that they would trust you and no one trusts like when you laugh together. Exactly. No one does. Exactly. I remember Chris Rock was saying when he was doing a comedy uh, or an interview about his comedy, he said, I love comedy because you can say political hard things, racial stuff, male, female stuff. You can lay it all out there and people will laugh at you and their hearts get wide open while they laugh so you can really say something real. And so comedians recognize this. And then you had that moment where it's like this laughter broke out where we didn't just laugh at you, we laughed with you. And I think it opened people up for what's happening now. So what are you working on now since then? Well, it's funny that you say that nobody would have imagined because I still even look back at that. I had coffee with my best friend from college and she said, Candace, I always knew the world would find you. I never thought it would be this way. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, right? And as a matter of fact, here's what's really funny is I thinking about how you're gifted. Let's, I always undervalued my joy and my laughter. I was the worship leader that when everybody else is like crying on the floor, I'm wanting to like dance around, well, not dance too hard because big girl don't dance. So, um, but I'd wanna clap and be like, let's bring enthusiasm. And I'd wanna be like, let's, let's get happy about the presence of God. And what I found myself doing was really just nulling and voiding out that thing inside of me. Wow. And, and so it's like then, a sign out there that says no cheer. Right, there's a sign right as you're going. <laughs> you I took a that? picture. <laughs> Cheerleaders aren't allowed past this way, so it says no cheer. I'm like, no, we want cheer here. It's yeah, just not that yeah. kind. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's harsh. Um, <laughs> but I, here's the thing is I thought because I could sing, because I was a worship leader, because I have these gifts and abilities and talents, surely it's going to look like what I'm already seeing modeled for me. Wow. I just need a foot into that place so that I could have my spin on it. And what God did is he said, no, 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 no. The world is going to hear your voice, but it's going to be through a laugh. Wow. They'll get to hear your voice otherwise. He said, but really, you've known the voice is the key but it's not what you're thinking. And I wonder how many times we have something like a deep-seated promise in us where God's told us a specific word of I'm gonna use this for my glory and what I'm doing in you. And then we try to develop something out of it, this nine-step plan of here's how it's gonna go. And we try to, like, I love this phrase. We try to live for God without God. Yeah. And we try to formulate plans for him. And he's like, hmm, let me tell you something. You, I, 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 I don't say this often too. Man, I just feel free here. Um, yeah, and then y'all, y'all are so cute. Man, I just got to talk about saying freedom and y'all are like in, you're in. So I just, I remember as a seventh grader practicing my signature because someday I was going to be famous. Wow. And I thought other people thought like that. So I never told anybody, right? 
But I look at what God was putting and depositing inside of me was really a preparation for what he would do on a scale that he could do in an instant. You know that I have a foothold and somewhat of an even cracked open door right now that authors and Christian songwriters and communicators would work 20 to 30 years for. That's right. And whenever God's in it, it's always better. And it's always in a way that surprises you and says, ah, now I get what you're doing. So since then, I had a lot of decisions. When I went on Good Morning America two days later after having the video, I had a lot of my Christian friends that they were like, you get to talk about Jesus on national news. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Am I bad? Like, I think they just want to talk to me about the viral video. Like they didn't. Ask me about Jesus. What's going on? What am I missing here? <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I say this out of a little snark, but a little love too. <laughs> we are so quick to feel as though we have to salt and pepper the work of God or the name of God when he just says, I'm already seen. You don't worry about me. All you do is carry me with you in every room. That's awesome. So I think it's really interesting because we're exploring the prophetic on this podcast and also in the seminar. And I, I talked to an actress friend of mine who's, she became like an overnight sensation who wasn't really an overnight sensation because she'd been around for 25 years in the industry, but nobody had seen her before, but she'd been in everything. She'd been like, you could see her in so many different movies, but all of a sudden she got a big role where she was an overnight sensation. So she was getting asked a question on the press circuit, like, where did you come from? And she's like, this show, this show, this show, this show, this movie, this movie. You know, yeah. She paid her dues behind the scenes, but nobody knew that because it didn't matter. So she would smile and not tell them that. She would just say, you know, I just, they just discovered me. You know, she just she went to that place that they discovered me. It was like, yeah. because in her spirit, she knew, and in God, she knew. She's like, I paid my dues with God. I walked with God. Mm-hmm. And then this happened. And I feel like we're kind of seeing that the beginning of your, the greater calling on your life. Mm-hmm. This was a monumental moment, but I mean, the greater call is coming now. It's like, this was a moment that opened a door for it, yeah. but you paid dues behind the scenes and you learned and you grew and whatever. And then all of a sudden the door opens. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited about her book, uh, both of her books, and she's actually writing a new curriculum now, which you're going to Israel like next week. Yes, I am. And so that one's a little secret still. Oh, it's a secret. That's I can't tell about that. Still. Sorry. I didn't ask what I couldn't. T- Usually we have papers of what we can and can't talk about. So I can't tell you about that. But there's but, something. But you can get her current books. And she's an incredible communicator, obviously. And you're going to really overcome and come into freedom. And that's, that's what this is all about, is seeing yeah. a life filled with the freedom that Jesus paid a price for. And so I love that the books can be read by anybody. You can buy them for your relatives. Yeah. It doesn't have to be somebody who really understands the gospel, but it, it carries that message in it. And you are very vulnerable in the stories. In Laugh It Up, which released, which by the way, let's talk about a God moment. The publisher set the date for the book release, November 7th, 2017. Wow. So it was the exact day, four years from when I had that encounter with the Holy Spirit. And so I felt like that was just God winking at me going, don't forget that I did all this and not you. Um, (laughs) And approval, you know, I felt like it was his his joy to show me that. But in Laugh It Up, what you discover is my story, that I'm not just somebody that's always been fat and happy. I think we assume that, you know? 
Or like, she's just happy. She's one of those happy people. I'm really not. Um, I'm not a curmudgeon by any means, but um, I do know that the, the joy that I have has been intentionally fought for. And I believe that everybody has an opportunity. Joy is not a luxury. It is a fight. And I feel as though that had to be put out for the world to understand, is that nobody has this little corner and, and says, this is all mine, and God only gave me this. Like, he wants it for all of us. But in James 1, it tells us, consider it joy. Do you realize that consideration is not something we're born with? It's something we develop. And so we have to begin to consider joy in every circumstance. It can't be a, I'm waiting for joy to happen to me. So I wrote my story and laugh it up, but then I felt like my Christian friends would be upset because I didn't really mention God in it at all. But I was following the Esther model, right? And so I, I decided to do a six session DVD curriculum called Defiant Joy and actually walk through a six weeks with you and tell you practical tactile steps of how to find joy in every day. Like I'm one of those that when I do a Bible study, I get, I'm, I'm the bad student. I don't come with everything filled in. And then um, I didn't memorize the verse and I feel overwhelmed by homework. And so I didn't want people to feel that way. And so like one of the very first things I ask you to do is week one, find 30 minutes a day to play. That's awesome. Just simply play. Play with your kids. Go find a tetherball court by yourself. I don't care, but just play. Because I think we forget that there's, there's a beautiful thing that happens when we fight for joy to come back in our lives. We have to make space for how its character already exhibits itself. Wow. How many of you want this curriculum? Seriously, get on her website. The second thing is you have a Facebook show. Yeah! Tell us about it. Woo! Come on. Yes! I'm a little bit excited about one project more than the other. I'm sorry. I love them all. The Facebook show is, uh, I did one season, and it ended in uh, November, and I did 10 episodes, and this came from a dream that God gave me. Listen, y'all, I don't have a producer. I don't have a cameraman. I do this on my phone. A 30-minute live show every week. <laughs> and it's starting back up with season two on May 9th. And um, basically, I'm going to have musical guests this season. I do funny segments called This Week I Tried. And so in season one, This Week I Tried a yoga handstand in a unicorn onesie. <laughs> you don't have to use your imagination. It's still on the internet, so you can find it. Let's just say a lot of heavy grunting was involved. Um, This week I tried magnetic eyelashes. Lord, that was a fail live. Anyways, um, I basically felt as though God was telling me that he has given me not just a mantle of bringing hope to people that they can have joy, but he's given me a mantle. And a mantle simply is this. It far outweighs my life. I won't be able to fulfill it. It's not a short-term mission. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for the longevity of it. I feel like God's given me a mantle to actually restore joy. And um, Candace, actually, the name Candace means shining brightly or glittering. Nice. And so I read a scripture right after the Chewbacca mom video where God, um, 
God was just downloading to me, this is, this is what I'm gonna do with you. It was the passage in Psalms that says, lift up the light of your countenance, O Lord, upon us. And I feel as though God told me, I made you to be a shining light. And I want you to lift up the light of my countenance to the nations in a way that's never been done. I want you to show them that I have a smile on my face, that I am joy. And so because of that, you know, that's the whole point of having a Facebook live show. I've got about 800,000 people that follow me on Facebook now. That's crazy. That is crazy. And so because of that, I wanted to do something that was not going to make them feel as though I was preaching to them or trying to heal any wounds that they had for the church or for Jesus. I just wanted to give them an open door to laugh and feel what the joy of the Lord feels like. Yes. You know? Yes. Well, we we just want to thank you. My wife and I love you and we're just so happy for you and we're just believing for... I mean, I, I saw the video and I was like, I want this woman's joy exported everywhere. That was my whole thing. That's why I reached out. And it's being, it's being done. You're exporting the true message of how you grow in joy. And also you have the Facebook show. I love season two is coming out in May around your birthday, which is amazing. Yeah. And so come on, you guys. So please go sign up for Candace's Facebook. 800,000 people, just to put it in perspective, like the average Christian publication has less than 200,000 people. The average Christian television show, if you go to CBN, has maybe 400,000 people. So 800,000 is huge. That's a huge number of people who are following and connecting and the engagement level when you put stuff out. I mean, there's like thousands of likes, 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 likes. You know, that's, that's hard to get to. To have it happen organically because God blesses you with favor is a huge deal. So let's keep our eyes on Candace and her family. I'm just excited for you, but thanks so much for being a part of this. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. You're amazing. Hey, your host, Sean Bowles here. I just want to tell you about some of the resources we're carrying right now. You know, the prophetic is something you really have to grow into, and you have to take a deliberate, intentional pursuit to go on this journey to hear God this way. And I've created a devotional. It's a 90-day journey into the prophetic where we take excerpts from books like Translating God and God's Secrets and the other books that I've written, and we put them together with questions that will cause you to reflect on different subjects you may not have ever thought this way before. I want to encourage you to get exploring the prophetic devotional now at a retailer near you.